This is the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Welcome back to the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z for Thursday, the 13th day of July, 2023. We are back in Studio 63, still waiting for the sound deadening echo proofing on the walls. But we're back, and it's always good to be at home. If you know me, and most of you probably have heard the story of my loss of my eldest son about two, almost three years ago now, you know that I have very many regrets in life as far as my family, my children, my co-workers, my friends, relatives, and acquaintances go. You always do if you are a thinking, pondering, common-sense individual. All of us have thought at one time or another in our lives, what if? If I could just go back, if I could change anything at all about my life, what would it be? A good friend of mine, Justin, just sent me a quote from Irma Bombeck. And Irma Bombeck was a famous writer back when I was a young man. But Irma Bombeck wrote, If I had my life to live over, I would have talked less and listened more. I would have invited friends over to dinner, even if the carpet was stained and the sofa faded. I would have eaten the popcorn in the good living room and worried much less about the dirt when people wanted to light a fire in the fireplace. I would have taken the time to listen to my grandfather's rambling about his youth. I would never have insisted the car windows be rolled up on a summer day because my hair had just been teased and sprayed. I would have burned the pink candle sculpted like a rose before it melted in storage. I would have sat on the lawn with my children and not worried about grass stains on my clothing. I would have cried and laughed less while watching television and more while watching life. I would have gone to bed when I was sick instead of pretending the earth would go into a holding pattern if I weren't there at work for the day. I would never have bought anything just because it was practical or wouldn't show dirt or was guaranteed to last a lifetime. Instead of wishing away nine months of pregnancy, I would have cherished every moment, realizing the wonderment growing inside me was the only chance in life to assist God in a miracle. When my kids kissed me impetuously, I would never have said, later, now go get washed up for dinner. There would have been a lot more I love yous and I'm sorries, but mostly, given another shot at life, I would seize every minute, look at it, and really see it and never give it back. Wise and poignant words from Irma Bombeck, the very, very wise words that we can all take to heart. I am trying to right now wrap my head around something I saw on the Hodge Twins podcast. If you're not familiar with the Hodge Twins, it's two black dudes that happen to be twin brothers, and they happen to be adults. And more importantly, they happen to be common-sense, conservative-minded individuals who are constantly finding ways to show the so-called black America just how, in many cases, the problems in black America are the problems created by black America. I don't normally like to play entire audio clips, but I could not resist now, I want to set the stage for this piece before I play it. The Hodge Twins, on their website June 6th, had an article captioned, Black Woman Explains Walmart Fallout. This is the truth. It's hard to swallow. 
The background of this is in June, Walmart Corporation, a company who thrives on the profits it makes from selling things to people, that's how business works in a capitalist society, has decided that enough is enough in the Democrat-controlled majority black sections of Chicago, Illinois, in sections of Chicago that are predominantly African-American in population, where they reported as high as 41% of every item in their store walks out without being paid for, is stolen, shoplifted, blatantly pilfered. Walmart finally had enough. Now, prior to this, during the Wuhan China novel coronavirus pandemic scare of 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, and then miraculously no longer mentioned in 2023, during that COVID crisis about two years ago, a bunch of Walmart African american 13% hyphenated minority shoppers decided to protest the store hours and the curtailing of certain areas of the store, which was done for pandemic protection, thanks to Joe Biden and the Democrats. By the way, those protests also resulted in some black people in that store setting the store on fire and then complaining when the store had to close and then complaining and protesting against Walmart Corporation for closing stores in black neighborhoods and taking away the resources while leaving the stores in the white neighborhoods open. They dared to call Walmart racist for protecting the only color that matters to Walmart, green, as in greenbacks, as in American currency. Walmart does not care who goes through the register and pays for items in their stores. They don't care if you're black, white, Indian, Hispanic, Asian, Martian, as long as you've got dollar bills, they want you to come to their store and legally purchase stuff. But when a predominantly black group of citizens decides to steal almost half of every item in the store, the company does what any reasonable company would do. They shut down the operations, which of course has brought on more protests, marches, sit-ins, and property damage to Walmart stores in and around Chicago. All right, I've set it up for you. I want to play for you now what this woman had to say on the Hodge Twins podcast. Walmart told us in a statement that their annual losses nearly doubled in Chicago in the last five years, that losing millions of dollars a year is forcing them to close these stores. Walmart is closing four stores in areas where they are saying they're not profitable, right? Um, and people are outraged. I mean, outraged. So the big Walmart over on 83rd and uh, Stewart is closing and today they've been having a bunch of protests angry people out people are just angry and sad protesting walmart we got politicians out there making speeches saying how could walmart do this to the community and now they're calling walmart racist for taking a resource out of the black community and how dare them they need to explain how it is that walmart is not profitable when this store is always full it's always packed people are always shopping do y'all want walmart to just like 
come out and say it. Y'all ninjas steal. Black people need to stop lying. Now, before I go further, she said y'all ninjas need to stop stealing. Ninjas is the Blafrican American 13% hyphenated minority buzzword, the dog whistle word, for the N-word that rhymes with bigger. In case you haven't heard that, that is the latest iteration of what black people try to call themselves without saying the N-word that rhymes with bigger. They now call themselves ninjas. Come out and say it. Y'all ninjas steal. Black people need to stop lying. We really need to stop lying. Like, I, I sincerely hate the blind, misplaced anger. It's like that Walmart was completely destroyed during the riots, during COVID. I mean, completely destroyed. They even set something on fire in that store, set off the sprinklers and flooded the entire store. And Walmart said, the hell with y'all. We're not reopening this store, period, because it's not worth it. So what happened? The community came together, protested, petitioned for Walmart to reopen that store. I don't even think it's been a full two, I don't think it's been a full two years since that Walmart has reopened. So Walmart said, okay, we'll give it another shot. We'll reopen the store because we know that the community needs it. I was talking to one of the managers in there and he was just telling me how bad the theft is at that store. Not only the theft is terrible, they have a lot of violent incidents. I think maybe it was just two weeks ago, someone got killed up there. I hate going to that store. I go, I go to that store out of necessity. Now, before I continue, you hear laughter in the background. That is the Hodge Twins, the two black guys who host the Hodge Twins podcast. It's not me laughing, because if I laugh, I'll be racist. I honestly go to that store out of necessity <laughs> when I'm tired and I just don't feel like driving anywhere else. Now, the day after Walmart announced that they were closing four stores, the very next day, somebody went in there and stole six TVs out of the store. <laughs> and y'all want to stand out there and protest and say, oh, how could they do this? They are, they are hurting our community. Well, Walmart was a resource for this community. The community did not protect that resource, so the resource is going away. And people are upset and calling Walmart racist because of because of this move. Please make it make sense. <laughs> hey, hey, everybody. White flight happens again. <laughs> All right. The Hodge twins come on and say white flight happens again. And that's what the African american 13% hyphenated American minority community in Chicago would want you to believe. And if they repeat the lie often enough, it becomes the truth for certain segments of the population, too ignorant, too uneducated, too stupid, to realize the actual truth. Walmart, like many other stores in many Democrat-controlled major metropolitan areas that are controlled by Democrats and highly populated by the most thieving criminal element of our population, I hate to say what the truth is, the black population commits the vast majority of the crimes in our nation. So Walmart, Walgreens, Target, other stores like Giant Foods in Maryland and Washington, D.C. said, screw it. We're tired of losing money. 
The insurance companies aren't paying the losses anymore. And if they are, they're charging those grocery store chains and retail outlets out the wazoo for insurance premiums, which means the price for everything goes up for those of us who actually purchase items. This woman hit the nail on the head. And yes, some people will call her Uncle Tom. And I guess in 2023, you can call a woman uncle, right? Why not? They claim they can be a woman with a penis or a man with a vagina, so why not? When a black person in the black community says these ninjas gotta stop stealing, it's not racist. But if a white guy like me says it, oh Lord, bring out the torches, bring out the pitchforks, burn me at the stake, because I would be labeled a racist instantaneously and automatically. And honestly, I don't blame the company one bit. Yes, I feel bad for the employees who will no longer have a job there because at least they were allegedly showing up to work. And yes, I feel sorry for the little old lady who could walk to those Walmart stores in Chicago to buy what she needed and actually purchase items because now they have lost the resource and will have to find a way to go to other outlets to buy the things they want. My issue is we know that like the virus of that shoplifting in the inner cities, it will only spread outward towards the suburbs. Because let's face it, do you honestly think those people stealing from Walmart in the inner city are going to stop stealing if they go out to the suburbs? No. As the stores close in the inner cities, you will see shoplifting rates rise in the surrounding neighborhood stores as well. It's like a virus, like a cancer. Something needs to be done about it. But in America, especially with the leading political party now being the Democrats, the party of the poor, supposedly, the party of the racial oppression movement, they will say it's Walmart's fault for closing and shame on a big corporation that makes billions of dollars in profits for closing a needed resource in a black community. Hey, Biden. Hey, Democrats. Screw off. This is the Truth Hurts program. I told you a while back the Democratic Party would begin to eat its own or to implode, and Representative Misha Maynard of Georgia, a former Democrat representative, has decided to switch parties. She said, I did not leave the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party left me when it embraced left-wing radicalism, lawlessness, and put the interests of illegal aliens over the interests of Americans. I have nothing to apologize for. The African american 13% hyphenated woman, who identifies, strangely enough, as a woman, imagine that in today's society, has left the Democratic Party, and has officially switched her brand to the Republicans. Now, this is good for the state of Georgia. She's the first African-American woman to ever be a Republican state representative. I could only wish that she was a member of the U.S. House of Representatives and switched parties like that. The mainstream leftist, progressive, liberal, woke media's heads would have exploded. But since this was only a Georgia issue... They're trying to keep it under wraps. 
in a state that claimed the white man was trying to keep the black man down and keep them from going to the voting booths, Misha Maynard realized that that was a lie, along with all of the other lies and crap coming out of the Democratic Party and the Biden administration. So she did the right thing, and she switched parties. Congratulations to you. I hope you run for Congress in the next election. And get this, she represents one of the bluest parts of the state of Georgia, a very black area of her state. And this well-spoken, now Republican state representative had this to say about her move. The Democrat Party has not been focusing on black Americans for quite a while now. Um, We cannot say that we care about people in marginalized communities if we want to keep them suppressed and oppressed. Um, One of the things that bothered me the most is when I would ask them, why are we doing this? Why is it okay for kids to not be able to read? Their response to me was, we've got to give them hope. In response, I would say, since when is a lie hope? If you really care about black people, the black people that are elected need to do something about the issues for the black people that they represent. Pretty good point that she makes there. She is admitting that the Democrat Party has abandoned the black community and that they lie to the black community with lies such as hope and change, which never ever comes because change must come from within. And until the black community admits that it has a problem and that the problem is them, for the most part, and stops blaming the white guy on the failure of the black community because of the failure of the black community to police themselves, to educate themselves, to require better home training, the problems will continue. So let's talk about some of the other headlines before we get too far into the weeds on this. Electric vehicles fall far short of EPA estimates by a much larger margin than gasoline powers do in real-world highway testing. Caleb Miller is a contributor to Car and Driver, the publication, and it says in his article, SAE International has just published a paper co-authored by Car and Driver's testing director Dave Vanderwerp showing that in our testing, electric vehicles are far worse at matching the EPA estimates than gasoline-powered vehicles. The paper compares EPA fuel economy and range estimates to the results of car and drivers' real-world highway tests, and EVs failed to meet EPA's range figures on average by far more damaging numbers than gasoline vehicles do. The authors propose solutions like more standardized testing procedures and the inclusion of both city and highway range figures on all of the new vehicle's Moroni price stickers. That's the price sticker you see in the window of all new cars. They all kind of look the same, and they have the EPA estimates printed there near the top. A new paper published by SAE International, what is it, the Society of Automotive Engineers International, used car and drivers' real-world highway test data to show that electric vehicles underperform on real-world efficiency and real-world range tests as they relate to the EPA figures by a much wider margin than internal combustion engine vehicles. While gasoline-powered vehicles typically meet or exceed EPA-estimated highway fuel economy numbers, Electric vehicles tend to fall considerably short of the range number listed on the window sticker. 
The paper was written by Car and Driver and was presented at this week's SAE annual conference. It points to the need for revised testing and labeling standards for all electric vehicles moving forward. They're cheating. They're lying. The same thing the federal government sued Volkswagen for, lying about fuel economy, lying about emissions, lying about range, is what the government is pushing electric vehicle manufacturers to do. Someone needs to sue all of them. In the publication Your Tango, a no-quit notice posted in McDonald's restaurant forbidding employees from quitting has sparked angry debate about the notion of at-will employment. We've heard about it ad nauseum. Restaurants are breaking under a persistent staffing shortage that has impacted the entire industry, including fast food. Thanks to Joe Biden's inflation, the recession that they don't want to mention that actually happened, the high interest rates, and the screw it, the government will take care of us mentality of many young Americans, restaurants are now facing a looming crisis of having not enough employees to keep the doors open. In the midst of all of this turmoil, one McDonald's franchise holder has decided to take the problem into his own hands and dared to hang a sign in his McDonald's restaurant forbidding employees from quitting, stating that it is a no-quit restaurant. And for some strange reason, this has pissed off a whole lot of people online. Turnover is part of the deal of running a McDonald's. The fast food industry is notorious for the easy-come, easy-quit work culture. Running a drive-thru isn't rocket science, and neither is it anyone's deeply held career goal. Rather than simply consider this cost of doing business, one McDonald's location opted instead to spend money making a sign and hanging it in the restaurant, declaring this is a no-quit restaurant, telling employees they're simply not allowed to quit without it essentially being approved by management first. It actually says, we value you, your growth, and your contributions. This is a no-quit restaurant because we feel many situations can be resolved. It is the policy of this restaurant that an employee cannot quit until he or she talks to the restaurant manager or the area supervisor. And to add insult to injury in this United States of America-based restaurant, beneath that sign is a replica of it in Espanol. Este es un restaurante de no renunciar. In other words, no quitty. It's unclear where the sign came from, but it was hung in a single McDonald's franchise because there's no way the global McDonald's corporation would ever be so stupid as to post something like this. But wherever it came from, it has left many people online slack-jawed for its audacity. But a no-quit restaurant? What, you can't just not show up for work the next day without calling the manager? What, are they gonna hold your paycheck and never give it to you? Come on, man. This is insanity. Of course, people are pointing out the sign is an illegal violation of at-will employment laws, explaining that CEO pay is probably the least of McDonald's owners' worries, but at-will employment is a law on the books in most states. A cleverly worded legal phrase that's used in employment law that stipulates employers can fire workers at any time for any cause as long as the reason is not illegal, such as discrimination against a fatty or a fruity or a blackie. This likely makes the notice at McDonald's forbidding employees from quitting without sitting down for a conversation first totally illegal and certainly unenforceable, which is good since it's dumb and makes no sense in the first damn place. What are they going to do? Physically restrain you from leaving the building? Or what are they going to do? Fire you if you quit? And that's probably what they're threatening to do, which would be illegal.
Or perhaps McDonald's really thinks those employees are stupid enough to fall for that lie. Anyway, there is only male and female, and women pay the price when we pretend otherwise. Kerry Lucas writes in Newsweek, What is a woman? The question, the title of the now well-known documentary, has stumped even Katanji Brown Jackson, the Blafrican-American female Supreme Court justice jammed into place by Joe Biden based solely on the fact that she is a woman. And of course, because she is black. They didn't consider her education or the education of any qualified men, black or otherwise. Sex is a biological trait. Like every other mammal, humans fall into only one of two sexual categories, male and female. And they are constructed, designed, engineered, manufactured, born, raised, and operate for different distinct reproductive roles. Each cell in a human being's body is clearly and irreversibly either male or either female from the moment of conception. Yes, there are a couple of freaks who in any other animal in the animal kingdom would have been eaten by the mother at birth for being a freak or left out to die because it does not propagate the species. Yes, there are a couple of freaks out there, some hermaphrodites, some strange aberrations, some freaks as we properly label them. A minute T90, almost invisible percentage of our population are born with sex-related chromosomal defects, anomalies, or some reproductive organs or genitals that present or develop atypically, in other words, abnormally, freakishly, wrong. These differences of sex development do not contradict the sex binary. They are the exception that prove the rule. To put it another way, Andrew Sullivan is a writer who noted that some people may be born with only one arm, but that doesn't change the scientific fact that human beings are two-armed mammals. Although many people today use the word gender when referring to biological sex, the terms gender and sex do have distinct origins and meanings. Gender is supposedly a sociological term that was used in the 1970s by feminists to distinguish biology from cultural exceptions about men and women. The statement that only females can birth children is a biological fact. But twisting the English language to their own sick, perverted means, the LGBTQIA group wants to have the statement, women are the primary caregivers of children as a cultural norm based on a gender stereotype, means that if a man takes care of a child, he must somehow be a freak. The distinction is important not only for scientific accuracy, but because when it comes to medical care, safety, privacy, work, athletics, biological sex differences actually matter. Ignoring this reality has serious consequences for which females will often pay a heavy price. French Dip, the quota hire who only got her job because she was a black lesbian female, Corinne Jean-Pierre, attempted to deflect a question concerning the safety of women suggesting that it implied that trans-identifying people are inherently dangerous, a willful misrepresentation of concerns about the real risk that real women face. Pretending that sex differences don't exist means eliminating single-sex spaces for women. 
giving males access to places like prisons, locker rooms, lactating rooms, women's bathrooms, dormitories, where women will most likely be vulnerable. The males seeking transfers to women's prisons may or may not actually identify as women, but are certainly capable of physically overpowering, abusing, and raping the female inmates. The same occurs in sororities, in girls' dorm rooms, in girls' locker rooms, and other private places intended for humans with vaginas. In other words, women. Male-bodied individuals entering locker rooms, exposing themselves to women, and watching women as they undress, and little girls undressing, may or may not actually have to identify as women all the time. If trans is fluid, then why can't I put on a skirt just so I can get my jollies walking into a girl's high school restroom locker room and watch the girls get undressed and then expose my male genitalia for them to marvel at. There are only two sexes and over the course of human history only one sex, the male sex, has subjugated the other. Society has spent a century establishing laws and policies to prevent female oppression and to ensure that women have equal opportunity in all areas of life. Women must be protected. Otherwise, let's just go out and rape them all. We can put on skirts and padded bras, wigs and makeup, and commit rape, and then just say, we got the wrong signal. After all, today, us men are identifying as lesbians. Okay, gang, I've run out of time for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. By the way, Kerry Lucas is the president at the Independent Women's Forum. Thank you for your contribution to that last piece. If you like what you hear, tell a friend. If you don't like what you hear, who cares? Go find another podcast to listen to. This program is copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts Program Network, all rights reserved, and of course was pre-recorded. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you were offended, but I retract nothing because I speak the truth. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program is pre-recorded. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts Program Network, all rights reserved.